This episode is, uh, (laughs) I think I see it at the very end that we're living in a very special moment right now. And, uh, I feel compelled to speak what I feel. I feel compelled to speak to the people I believe were sent here to listen to this stuff. And that's not funny. That's preachy. That's hokey. I don't know. Maybe it's not. All I'm doing is telling you what I feel at the moment. And uh, I feel it's important. And even saying that sounds silly because I don't, I'm not trying to put myself up. I think that some of the stuff I say is fed to me in a way that I can get my ego out of the way and say, okay, yeah, well, you know, Jet, that's not you. That's something bigger. But then you're saying what, Jet? You're speaking for God? <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I, I know I'm not. <laughs> I'm speaking to what I feel is universally true for the humans at this moment in time. Are you ready to bail out of this episode right now? You're going, Gah! I don't think I can handle that. The last one was funny, funny. Well, you be the judge. Episode 82 of Psychotherapy starts right now. One of my favorite things. No, my favorite thing. Yeah. My favorite thing that can happen to me in my life happened the other day. I was watching TV. We're watching something and we're flipping and the show had come out recently that we knew we were going to watch. It's not a mouse in my pocket. I'm referring to my wife, Gina, and uh, kind of avoiding this show that we knew we'd watch the series. And then finally we go to it. And this show is about show business. It's about old Hollywood, Hollywood land. And it's about the dream, the collective dream that was then at its heyday or at its infancy. What we like to look at as what we think Hollywood is, especially those of us who live in the town, are from L.A. or came to L.A. to pursue their dream that they fell in love with many, many years ago. Usually they're kids and they said, I want to be on screen. I want to be a director. I want to be a writer now more so than ever, probably. But a while ago, when even I started in the business, it usually just came from something you saw and you said, I want to be a part of that. I don't even know why. I just know I have to. Anyway, it touches on that. And it's directed and written by a guy who gets that nostalgia, understands the energy and the he basically appreciates the same things about the business and the love of it that real fans, real, I don't even think you could call it fans. I'll use my personal story. And this goes to everything I'm talking about, so don't think I'm getting off topic. I went to a taping of the show Friends. First live taping of anything I had ever been to in my life. And I was invited there by my friend, my best friend Chris, who is also a huge film freak. And uh, I didn't want to say film buff for some reason. So there you go. Sorry about calling you a freak, Chris. And uh, we went down there and I remember walking to the soundstage. And I was just talking to Gina about this the other day. And I think this show, Hollywood, is the name of it. Spoiler alert. Not endorsing it or not endorsing it. Why, why do I always say that? I, You know, it, I'm watching it. Anyway, so... I walk into this soundstage, never been in a soundstage in my life. I'd gone to Universal Studios when I was in grade school. I was terrified because I was so scared of rides. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't enjoy it to the full extent that I could have. 
There's some funny stories there, but I won't go into them now. But I had never been on a real soundstage. Get in there. I hear the audience laughing. I remember the weight of the door. You really have to pull. It's not just the air conditioning, but it's actually the weight of the door because it's this solid metal, you know, with padding sometimes. And, and in this stage, it was Soundstage 24 Warner Brothers. And I had worked at Universal Studios for a while in ride operation. And so, again, just trying to get as close as I could to movies. And I remember when I went in, and for some reason, as I was being guided in by a page, I, uh, I touched the side of the door as we came in, and there was this chicken wire that went over this, like, almost um, moving blanket kind of material, which is used for sound deprint inside a soundstage. And uh, that was it. <laughs> I was an altar boy for six years. I felt when I walked into that soundstage, the religious experience I had heard true believers talk about when they walked into a church or they walked into the Vatican. I felt that when I walked into a soundstage. It was just where I had to be. It was where I belonged. I had arrived. Now, I was an audience member. My job was to laugh when it was funny and eat pizza when they gave it to us. Saw the audience warm up saw the pages. I knew nothing. There was no internet for me to look it up. Let's say the internet was out at the time because of my age. So there, there was a big internet outage from the time I was a child till this time. I didn't have any friends or family in the business. And I passed out a bunch of business cards that I had the foresight to have. And, and uh, I really hustled. Anyway, I got a job because a guy who got my business card said, I talked to someone and it looks like they're hiring. I really had to hustle this guy. And, and a week later, I was on uh, That 70s Show. <laughs> and I loved it. And I've been pursuing it ever since. When I saw this show about the 1920s Hollywood to 40s, it captured that. It showed me what I remember when I felt that moment. It had the same kind. They used the camera to light and create a romance around the business that is how I felt. While I was watching this TV show, I'm staring at the screen and I see Gina. Now, I haven't lost my mind at this point. I'm not drinking again. She was in this scene at this, uh, like, they used to have pharmacies, but they were also, like, bars or, I don't know, what do you call them, like, sandwich shops or something? She was playing one of the girls there. And I watched her kind of move around and do her scene. She was on camera for a long time. And she just looked incredible. And for better or worse, if you've heard this show, it's very difficult for me to, even if the person's very close, lie about my reaction. So I'm not one to say, you're good if you're not. I won't say you look great if you don't. And she was amazing. It reminded me of the times that I used to see her on stage and dance. I wasn't dancing. She was, thank God. And I was mesmerized. I thought about how she just belonged there. And she, you know, she was a professional ballerina. She danced all over New York, San Francisco. But it was so amazing to see her on stage back then. And then on camera, it was even better. She just owned that era. She knew how to just do things on film that unless you've worked in the business. I mean, you may have it in another business. But I can tell at this point who has a quality that the camera likes and who doesn't. The camera likes certain people and doesn't like other people, and it doesn't matter how good you are. You may have a full career, but if the camera doesn't like you, there's something missing that 
you can never get. And people say it's that it quality, right? It's really hard to define, but that's what it is, is that some people just look like the most natural thing in the world, and some don't, and she did, and that was amazing. And the reason I tell that story is that that story would have never happened. Seeing Gina on TV, which is my favorite thing in the world to see her on TV, while watching a show that I really liked about trying to break into Hollywood. It's pretty amazing. That happened because in 2009, I wrote a long manifesto to my company and uh, said what was wrong, what we were doing that wasn't right, named all the people I really appreciated who helped me on the way up, and then I quit. I quit my corporate world. And I went out and started pursuing my interest in becoming a film and television actor. I've done some TV this year. That sounds more impressive than it is, but uh, I've been on some TV shows. And the hardest thing about pursuing your dream is that if you don't get it all the way, if you're not driving home on sunset and you don't see your picture on a billboard, if you, don't, if you don't have a starring role, if you don't have a steady gig, it's really easy to say I failed. I deal with that all the time, right? I do say that it's far better to know that you tried and gave everything than to have never tried at all. So I could still be making multiple six figures at this point at my old corporate job, but I'd still think, could I have? What could have happened? I left it all out on the field. I did everything I could. And even before I left my corporate job, I, I said everything I needed to even there. The point of this story is things are very interesting in my life right now. They're different. The way I view things, the way I feel about my future, the level of work I am putting towards my education. I am not just working on my... Uh, therapy uh, certification, but I'm also going back to school to finish my bachelor's in business. And all of this has just kind of come over a decision to start doing stand-up, which led to writing screenplays. And even before that, applying for the DGA, having to write 10 essays. And then it just snowballed into doing things that I've never done before. And every time, and I've said this on the show many times, every time I do something I've never done in my life, I just proved to myself I could. And so now, like the reality of the world, I'm living in unreality. I'm living in a world that is surreal, that I can barely believe. But the whole point of that backstory to the film and television business was that Gina was on that TV show because I got into the Screen Actors Guild in 2011 by nearly just killing myself with work for minimum wage. And then she got in, I helped her. And then she was on that show, and I know she's going to have an incredible career. Imagine what would have happened if I had never tried. Gina would have never been on screen. Because I paved the way for it. And that's not bragging. You go ahead and ask her. I wish there was a different way. I wish she just did it, you know, completely on her own. Some people are that way. And you can't... I mean, you can fight it. Like, <laughs> Have you ever tried to get your spouse to do something they don't want to? Sometimes you just have to lead by example. I'm sure it's the same thing with children. I'm not trying to compare my wife to a child. She's not. But my point is, is that... That has furnished something I see on screen that I enjoy. It's turned me into a person who can do screenwriting. It's taken 10 years 
And that kid who fell in love with movies when he was very young and then went to that soundstage and thought, in two years, I'll be in charge of this town. It didn't happen, but something happened for someone I love. And I've also had a lot of impact on a lot of people. The whole point of this podcast is a little buried, but it's going to make sense in a minute. After that job I had at at and I went to another place and I worked there for six months. It was a sales, heavy sales, lots of money, but basically like a boiler room environment. I'm going to go through it fast. One day we were having role playing and we were doing this sales training thing. And this boss I had was a monster. She was just subhuman sales creature that uh, just destroyed people's confidence and just aired all of her anger, just dumped it on everyone, told them they were, you know, pieces of SHIT, just a world that, you know, you'd think, what, 40 years ago? It wasn't that long ago. And she was just horrible. Well, one day we're doing this role playing and this older guy who was working there who had just gotten back from cancer treatment. It always made me sad that after he got back, he still had to work. <laughs> it was kind of depressing because he had just gotten out of the hospital. And when he got out, he had to go back to work. Anyway, she's going off on him in spite of all this. And we're doing this role playing. She's going off on him because his numbers are low. Okay, good guy. Actually, the reason he wasn't a very good salesperson, and this doesn't mean that it always happens, but because he was too nice. And I stood up for him. I literally did, and I'm like, what was her name? wish I could remember her name. I used to really remember her name. I really disliked her. <laughs> but uh, I guess it's good I remember her name. Stacy? Maybe something like that. Anyway, I told her that's not okay. You can't just yell at this guy in front of 40 people because you want to. And I started, I didn't get heated or anything like that, but I told her, you know, you can't just, these are people, these are humans. I really say this stuff, guys. If you know me, you know that this is the person I am. If you don't, I'm telling you. <laughs> Do I seem outspoken? That is who I am. I've broken up domestic violence that I've seen. Basically anything that I see that I feel is uh, one-sided, the power dynamic, and unjust, I'll step in. And I don't really think. I just do it because I know it's right. And again, I guess I have to credit my parents for that because that's just an instinct. So I stepped in and I'm like, this is, you can't just go off on this guy or kill him. The guy looked like he was going to come to tears, right? And after that, I was so mad. I knew this woman was vindictive, the boss, and was going to try and come after me. So I went up to HR and filed the report. I left work and I went over to my doctor's office and said, I need to go on medical leave. And the reason I did this is because I knew there'd be retribution. Turns out the HR manager that I went to is best friends with the boss that I had told on, quote unquote, or filed the report about how she was just destroying these people's confidence. Not just this guy, this older guy, but... uh just using vulgarity and just, if you work in a cubicle in a hardcore sales job, you're there 10 hours a day, you have to make over 150 cold calls. I only did this for six months, but uh, it's it's about the worst job you can have. Now, I've never like tarred roofs in the desert during the summer, so I'm talking about like emotionally. Tarring roofs might be pretty tough too, but my point is, is that it's very hard. So the next day I find out I'm fired. Can you believe that? So I go in and I report this to HR and HR fires me. Pretty unjust because I was a whistleblower, right? I did the right thing and it actually lost me friends and income. Okay? I'm telling you this story for a reason. If I hadn't done the right thing, I wouldn't have had to have left. Oh, I should tell you that I went to court to fight this company and I won because the judge saw that... uh they were 
being vindictive and were liars. So I got, you know, unemployment and some other like perk benefits because they were in the wrong. They had to pay my medical, all that stuff. So I was justified in the court, which was great. But if I hadn't stood up for what I believed in, I wouldn't have had to have left. I could have kept working there. And Gina would never have been on TV 10 years later. She wouldn't have been in this show about Hollywood and be starting her genuine career in film and television. Now, you could say that's a stretch. What about all the other things that happened to you? You've had 10 years worth of experiences that have been amazing. Yes. Sure. Some of them awful. <laughs> Some of them extremely painful. They weren't all good. But what I'm trying to say is doing the right thing doesn't always show immediate reward. As a matter of fact, it almost never does. I had been saying the right thing on Facebook and I had to stop because I was just doing it for ego gratification. I knew I could put fancy words together, form a little narrative that everyone would go, oh, wow, and not everyone did all the time, but occasionally I'd get my little ego stroked, right? But I wasn't changing any minds. I wasn't changing the minds of the people who didn't agree with me. I was just getting people who already agree with me to agree with me. I have always stood up for what I believe in, and it has knocked me down more times than it's given me any kind of benefit that I could see immediately. But if Gina's career takes off, all the things that I've done that have come into my life because of my risks that I'm not looking at right now because, uh, you know, I'm a whiner, came from those bold moves. And why am I saying all this? Reposting tweets, reposting images, memes, it's not brave, it's not bold, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's not even an opinion. I'm trying to say that standing up for what you believe in does not get you what you want. It could get you fired. And I didn't have any kids, so I was able to do bold things like that at AT&T and at my next job, where I, qu where I was quit fired, but, you know, again, went to court. So both jobs, I quit. But uh, on the books. I think the point is, I don't think the point, that's BS. The point is, Doing the right thing is often not popular. There is no applause. No one likes it on Facebook because they can't see it. The right thing is done in real life, not online. You're not a celebrity, so your publicist, your manager, and your agent didn't tell you exactly the right thing to do that would get you more likes or get you more money. That's not what's going on. You did the right thing when no one was looking. You would have to know it yourself because I can't guess, but you quit drinking. You got in the middle of something you shouldn't have, but it helped someone. You reached out to someone who you knew could be dangerous because they're in a bad spot in their life right then, and you helped them. No one saw it. I'm talking about big things. I mean, picking up litter is also a great thing. That cumulatively is something huge. Fighting for the environment. Just speaking up when you need to. And again, when I say speak up, what I mean is use your words. That's what I'm doing right now. I didn't recommend you to someone else's podcast, although I could. I'm giving you my words, my voice. I think you can even just put, this is wrong, and I don't approve. You don't even have to see the feedback. And I'm not saying you do that, but I'm saying all those stupid sayings that make sense, all those stupid quotes that make sense. And they're not stupid. I'm calling them that because they've lost their impact in the overuse. Stand up for something or you'll stand for nothing or stand for, yeah, I don't know what they are. <laughs> but basically they're saying, do the right thing because a profound thing will happen for you. If you quit drinking, Judge, you're going to be a movie star. Everyone's going to love you. 
Quit smoking, quit drinking, become a vegetarian, be an environmentally conscious person, live a life of low impact. My house is solar, I shower outside so it feeds my plants. I have a very low impact. There's no parade for that, guys. And I don't get feedback from this show. You're not going to pat me on the back, but that's not what I'm looking for. I think I've done shows on this before, but I look around right now and I see good people doing good things, but I also see people doing things for selfish reasons, just to get likes, just to get photo ops. And I'm not here to judge. But that story about when I worked in the world and I stood up for a guy I'd never met, never seen again, it didn't have an impact where I felt proud. And until around this moment, I never thought about it. But I don't know what he felt. I don't know what the people in that room felt because I went straight up to HR and then left. But I know I'm a man who stands up for what he believes in. My family knows that. Anyone who's ever met me knows that. And that's something. I would love it if you've seen me on screen and I would love it if I had an Oscar. I love to go to a soundstage one day and smell that air that I was born to be a part of. Go in there, sit at a table read, which is my script, sitting there and listen to everyone say my words. And if I'm not the director, sit with the director and say, do you see this part with Sonny? Do you see this part with Sonny and Nikki? This scene, how important that is? That would be amazing. The things I'm doing right now in my life, I'm not going to talk to you guys about because I want to tell you when I'm on the other side of the end zone, when I've crossed the line. And maybe I'll leak a little bit eventually. I am imperfect. To say that is ridiculous, and I've said this before, I am a collection of imperfect people because I do so many things imperfectly. I usually don't use the right words on this show in case you haven't noticed, and if you've ever seen me spell, just go ahead and look at the comments on these shows, you'll see, not comments, but uh, descriptions. I'm flawed, but I'll tell you something I'm damn proud of. I speak my mind. And if I see something going wrong, whether it's a friend of mine whose daughter is trapped in a terrible situation and they need my help, whether it's someone in my family who needs to talk to me every day because they're going through something, I never turn it down. And there's no visible reward for that. But when I say things like this to an empty room like I am right now, I can live with myself. And at my deepest and darkest moments, I know who I am. I lost my family for years after someone lashed out at my wife, but I stood up for my wife. And I would at the expense of anything. It's theatrical, right? It's the kind of stuff you see in movies. Jet, you're dreaming. You don't have to be that. Just take it. Just get along to go along. That's reversed. See, I told you I'm imperfect. You don't have to post that stuff on Facebook. You don't have to say that thing to that person. Now, I'm not saying I'm trying to pick fights. No, I'm saying if someone says something ridiculous, mean, cruel, just why would they say that? I'm going to say something. And what I'm trying to tell you is there's no reward for that sometimes. Oftentimes, most times, how many times have I said that in this episode? But brothers and sisters, let me tell you, there doesn't need to be a reward. Because I look at myself in the mirror and I'm fine with that. Sure, I could lose a little weight. <laughs> I could get in a little better shape. <laughs> the human stuff, but the character underneath? If I died tomorrow, and I sure hope I don't, there's a lot more music inside this guy. But if I did, I did it all the way. I did it 100%.
When there was no chance of winning, I kept playing. When I couldn't read, I read. When I couldn't spell, I spelled. I have always gone out for jobs and dreams that were beyond my reach. And that is why I should have a show. And that is why you should listen to me. My grandfather used to say, a man who cannot be defeated will not be defeated. My mom used to say, when she'd take me to school, one year it was at a special ed school where the kids were had real mental issues. Brutal place. She used to say, every day in every way you're getting better and better. I'm helping so many people get sober right now. A new guy yesterday. It's not making me famous or rich. Do the right thing. Good things will happen. I have a lot of good things in my life, but the windfall never happened. The wealth. But there's a lot of other people like me out there doing this. If you can't be them, support them. We live in a very odd world right now. Where it seems like the vocal minority that has hate in their heart and archaic concepts are getting the screen time. And they must be stopped by people like us. Not violently, but verbally, when you can, where you can. Sometimes it'll be inside your living room. And don't do it to be cool. Don't lie. Don't beat someone up when you've already made your point. Don't make people feel guilty. But if you see injustice, and I mean moral stuff, it used to be religious, sins, that was helpful. Real religious people. If you see bad things and you can do something, do something. That's how the world changes. This episode could be heard by five people, maybe. Maybe just me. I don't tell people to listen to it anymore. But if it goes further in me, and this sparks something in you, all 82 of these shows that gave me no fame and no monetary reward were worth it. If that's one person who gets it and does something. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt others. That's the opposite of what we want here. Be empathetic. Understand where they're coming from. But if it's just plain wrong, do something. Get involved. If it's just a conversation. You have that twinge on the back of your neck that I've talked about before. <laughs> you should really get it checked. No, you do. You have that inkling. Whether it's what you've always wanted to do in life. And right now you don't have a job and you go, oh, I've talked about this before. You've heard me. You've heard Jetty Jet talk about this before. But if you feel like you have to do it, do it. I'm telling you right now, you might fail. But then maybe someone you love gets to be on TV one day. Because you set the pace. You cleared the brush. You walked the walk. Me getting sober, has it brought me all the rewards that other people I've seen who've made millions of dollars or gotten their dream job? No, it hasn't. But I just talked to a guy the other day who needed me. One guy. Doesn't live in this state. Haven't seen him in years. But I'm helping him. I know you're listening to this for a reason. And I thank you so much for giving me your time. I know it's precious. 
We live in unprecedented times. We live in a moment that is like no other. And the impact of what we do can be profound, even if on a micro level. I say silly things sometimes that I just go, do you mean this, Chad? I care about you. You're listening to me. Talk about my truth that's taken me as many years as I am old. No one knows how old I am. No one ever will. Maybe I'm 20. But it's taken me a long time to have all the things that I do to say all the things I can. And you're listening, so thank you. Go out there, guys and gals. Do good. In a world that is brutal, be kind. In a world of silence, speak up. I know you can make a difference. Start from there. I'm Jet Dunlap, and thank you for listening.